America. My name is I'm Yosef from Pong. I come to you live every f- Thursday. And today I'm giving you a special Monday episode because there was this notion out there that class, we can have a multiracial working class coalition because that's what Fred Hampton or Martin Luther King talked about. And you got to understand that working class coalitions are inadequate because we make trash whites. I'll tell you again. Working class coalitions are inadequate because we make broken white people. So if class were the only issue that divided race, that that this may be a viable um this may be a viable strategy. However, it's not just class, right? So we have you have to understand what Black Americans are black Americans in response to a quality of whiteness that is kind of awful, right? So that's what unifies black people in these United States, how to deal with the whites. Now we come to a different idea about what that looks like and how we should deal with the whites, but that's the problem that black Americans face, how to deal with the whites. And, and that's the unifying characteristic. Right. So if you don't agree with, if you don't think, well, what is whiteness? Whiteness is the problem that black Americans as black Americans have to deal with. (laughs) So if you say there's no such thing as whiteness, you're saying there's no such thing as like the problem that black Americans as black Americans have to deal with. Right. So it's not just a matter of of different ideology, like the way race marked different uh, uh, class, class positions, right? So different ideas of property ownership, not just different ideas of property ownership, but different entitlements regarding property ownership are going to be racialized. It turns out that white people treat property, white property, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> white people treat white property owners differently than white people treat black property owners. Just ask anyone who's ever been eminently domained and why, and who actually had their um, land confiscated and who actually had their land uh, rights respected, right? Religious subjects. Religious subjects. Uh, So there are white people treat white religious subjects differently than white people treat black religious subjects. I mean, we know this because in white churches, they teach their flock that the world is good and just and how to pretty much rule over it. And in black churches, they teach their flock of that you're never going to get justice on earth. You're going to have to just wait until you get in heaven. So just kind of suck it up, right? So there are... These ethnic identities are actually intra-relations that then also posit an identity of an other, right? So you can't have, you can't have, you know, an ethnic identity that's just an intra-relation, although it's sustained by intra-relations, without it also positing an identity and being vulnerable to an identity uh, of an other, right? So you can't have, there are like, Multi, uh, um, uh, mutually reinforcing black institutions that make black identity, but they all have emerged in response, not in imitation, in response to the problem of having to deal with the whites, right? So, um, you know, white, 
I'm going through this, the, the list. These are all going to be institutions of right that aren't going to be solved by uh, a merely class class politics, right? So family members, right? So and also in terms of religious subjects, I always forget, you know, with the LDS church, the Mormons, you don't get a more white American religion than the Mormons. Black people were just whole people within my lifetime. I think it happened in 1978. Um, I was born in 77. So it happened in 1978 that black people became whole people. So, and that's not one of those, that's not something that just kind of lingers away. So the intra-relation between whites in their religion is going to be different than the inter-relation between ethnic groups, right? And you're expecting white working class people to give up the benefits they get as property owners, as religious subjects, and as family members. I'll say that again. And, and now, um, yeah, family members. I mean, the history of the United States is a history of like, uh, you go to South Carolina and you just see a bunch of like, black people and white people with the same names because they all have the same great granddaddies. But it turns out the white family member gets treated differently than the black family member. And that's just the history of the United States. And you're expecting white people to give up that, give up their preferential treatment as as members of the same family. That's just not... Good luck. Good luck with that. I don't think it's going to be the I don't think it's going to be the case. I think you need to retrain the whites if any of this is going. They need to be trained out of their bias in with respect to how they treat black property owners versus white property owners. They need to be trained out of their bias with respect to how they treat black religious subjects relative to white religious subjects. Well, white religious subjects don't even treat Muslims <laughs> like like very well unless they're appropriately differentiation uh, uh, differential to the whites. So good luck with that, right? So and you have to tell white people that they don't get to treat white family members different than than they treat. Um, then, you know, black people get to treat black family members or white people treat a white uh, black family members. So, like, in every stage, you're asking white people to give up an entitlement. And we haven't even gotten to race uh, class yet. But in every stage, property ownership, religion, and family, you're asking white people to give up a relative advantage. I think this could happen, but you're going to have to do a rather substantive cultural intervention on how they've been kind of reared to accept these entitlements is not problematic, right? And now we get to workers. There is occupational segregation, right? So you're, you're asking the white working class to give up their relative, their relative power to leave their working class status um, in order to lift everyone, right? So, you know, white people have daughters that they think, well, maybe they'll marry well, <laughs> right? Well, but you're talking about everyone getting a haircut. So the, the white people who want their daughters to marry, you know, uh, 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 you know, six-figure white guy, you're telling them that like, no, actually, that we're going we're gonna to give those six-figure white guys a, a haircut so that there are going to be more people who make high five figures and that's, that's going to be better. No, like they are going to bet that like their kid can marry well, right? So you're asking white people to give up, well, relative to black people and have like, you know, the, the psychic and material benefit that comes with actually like 
being the preferential, like the the recognized preferential holder of property rights, religion, family, and um, you know, place in the labor market. And you're asking white people to give up all of that for the sake of working class solidarity. I mean, good luck. Good luck. Legal subjects. I'm still of the opinion that white women have absolutely no idea. Like they, they are so far removed from the criminal justice system that they like, and it's linked into their identity as white women that like they have no idea about the awfuls of the criminal justice system. And so you're asking them to give up their privileged place in the criminal justice system, a privileged place that makes it pretty much impossible for them to get arrested unless they, like, like I said before, you get caught like snorting cocaine off of a policeman's gun, uh, like a, a policeman's badge while reaching for his gun. It's pretty much impossible for white women to get arrested. You're asking them to give that up and, and like for the sake of working class solidarity. This is the, the, the picture of like, you know, we just don't arrest white women. Right? So they're not going to give that up. I don't think so. I don't think they're going to give it up. When it comes to it, I think they'll talk about being in a working class coalition and that's fine. But then in a pinch, they'll lean on their whiteness. This is like your white teachers, right? Like your white teachers in the public schools will talk about being like woke and talk about being like, you know, we just treat, we just treat everyone the same. And yet in a pinch, turns out what little white girls do very well in school and nobody else does because they play favorites. <laughs> your little white teachers play favorites. So um, in a pinch, I do not trust them. And that is a, uh, I like, and there's a reason why. There's a reason why that's the case. So you have a multi, you want a multiracial working class coalition where black people know that in a pinch, the whites are going to sell them out for a relative payday. And that is, uh, I, yeah, good luck, but you can't be surprised when, when black people don't go for it, right? And then as citizens, right? So like I said, your working class coalition is not going to fight for full citizenship for black people. Like it's not, it's not, it's like it, because they will have to take a haircut when you start letting every black person vote, when you start demanding accountability to black communities, every white, like white people are going to have to take a material and psychic haircut and in a pinch, your working class coalition partner will say like, nah, I will take the relative degradation at my job for all of the other benefits of being white. And black people know this. And they don't, and so people say like, well, you know, why do black people vote conservatively? Well, they, they actually vote conservatively for reasons that have everything to do with an earned cynicism of white people. So black people might be conservative voters in the South and white people might be conservative voters in the South, but not for the same reasons, right? White people are conservative voters in the South because they uh, like the Southern way of life, which includes, you know, the psychic material benefit over black people. Black people are conservative voters because any sort of robust progressive program is going to include any is, is going to include uh you know fighting the whites 
right? And so if you if you have a candidate that that doesn't show that they're willing to fight the whites, then it's actually more dangerous to support them than to just go with the devil you know, right? So they have so black people and white people will have markedly different politics but vote for the same person because black people will not actually because black people don't think that white people are going to change. And they have a reason, right? So imagine going to, imagine you try to go to a, a um, uh, Indian, uh, Native American reservation and talk about, well, we know how to build a multicultural working class coalition with the Native Americans. What the Native Americans will know is that in a pinch, once the whites get what they want, they will sell you out and they will sell you out on the way to getting what they want. And so it's going to be a hard time. You're going to have a hard time building a serious, committed Native American coalition who that's willing to accept risk on behalf of like what they assume rightfully is going to be, you know, white betrayal. That's like a ticking time bomb. That's just always going to happen. Right. So you can say black voters are conservative and white voters are conservative, but they're going to be conservative for different reasons. It's not because they believe in different uh, political policies because because black men actually have very progressive politics, it's going to be because they don't believe that white people will actually, um, will actually like hold up their end of the bargain, and they kind of have to vote defensively. And so that's a different, that is a different form of uh, conservatism, right? So, for example, let's say that like you'll run into some black people who are opposed to critical race theory being taught in schools, and you'll run into some white people who are being um, opposed to critical race theory being taught in schools. The white people will say like, "Well, we can't teach it because it's not true." The black people will say like, "No, it's true, but we can't teach it because it might rile up the whites, and we don't know what they do when they get riled up." That's two different reasons that uphold a seemingly conservative view. Right? So when you talk to black people about the multiracial, the multi-ethnic coalition, and you lead it with someone who doesn't have a serious apprehension of how racist working class whites are, and like and how many perks um, the working class gets out of whiteness and how reticent they're going to be to give up those perks, like black people are going to be very slow to join that coalition because why should we eat for that coalition? Like, because in the end, they're going to sell us out. They're going to sell us, they'll be like that nice liberal teacher who you think is gonna get your back, but in the end, looks out for her job or doesn't like, you know, so like, they're, so your class coalitions aren't as strong as you think they are because the whites are broken. And black people know that the whites are trash, but it's it's contingent trash. They're contingent trash, right? So if you do, I you know, I talk often about you need a, a massive cultural intervention. Uh, and, and it's gonna feel invasive because they pretty much need to take the whites under cultural receivership in order to to you know 
recalibrate their religion, their conception of property rights, their conception of family duties and entitlements, their conception of of civil society, and which includes like labor unions and and organizing, and their conception of citizenship. And you need all of that in order to uphold the working class politics that um, that you know the white working class pretends that they want then like if you do all of that other work then you'll get like the better world but this idea that you'll have a working class coalition with the whites that will secure justice for black people without actually changing the whites <laughs> regarding how they conceive a property family um religion like it's 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 nonsense and black people know it's nonsense so they're going to be a little bit slow to join your coalition they're going to be a little bit slow to join your coalition. I, I don't know how else to tell them that, but there's a lot of money in pretending that a working class coalition will happen. And then you now people say like, well, you know, Fred Hampton believed in a working class coalition. Yeah, you know, I think we have the Fred Hampton that white progressives want, right? Because, you know, in, in, you, know you, you see the movie and it'll be like, well, you know, Fred Hampton was organizing with poor whites against the cops. You really think that when it came down to it, Poor whites were gonna not choose the cops. <laughs> you you really think that's the case? Um, I don't. I I. Poor whites aspire to be not poor whites. They don't aspire to be not poor. <laughs> like like I don't I don't and, and like they don't and they don't aspire to be under black community control or to share power with black people. They just aspire to not be poor whites. Uh, so I don't I don't really know I, I I don't know what you're talking about. It's but what you should take seriously is that the black people who don't trust working class coalitions, multicultural uh, working class coalitions, don't do so out of ignorance. They do so out of knowledge. They don't take them seriously for the same reason white people didn't take Marianne Williamson seriously. Like, like it's just it's they do so out of knowledge we know the whites better than the whites know themselves so all of you white leftists who say that like well working class it can be a multiracial working class coalition and you can and you think you can do that without some sort of massive cultural intervention among like about concerning how whites consider themselves like you, you are foolish and you're wasting a lot of people's time. By the way, if you support anything I'm doing, um, go ahead and go to www.funkyacademic.com and kick in five, fifteen, or fifty dollars a month because what I'm doing is like you know actually really important. I'm telling you the truth, truth. You send Bernie down to South Carolina a third time, you know what will happen? It will lose even worse. Right, because not because people don't agree with his ideas, but because they know that the whites are broken, and any coalition where success depends on the whites as they are is going to uh, flounder. Like founder, like this is what happened with the New Deal, right, where they left out black people um, in order to negotiate. Whites left out black people in order to negotiate for better labor um, organizations. That's what's going to happen in many ways because we're just not serious about how we culturally reproduce broken whites. If we stop, if we got serious about how we culturally reproduce broken whites, 
if we got serious, like where race is the variable, if we got serious about like we need to actually do serious interventions about the white church, the white family, the white conception of property, uh, how whites conceive themselves as legal subjects, because in, in all of those institutions, they conceive themselves as having power over the blacks. Um, tacitly. Tacitly. Right? And they sure not, they sure they don't see themselves as being subordinate to um, uh, black people in power. So, and they don't like that. So, unless you're going to work on that and get rid of the cultural entitlements to avoid sharing power, the cultural, like you need a culture to uphold working class politics. You think you can have trash white culture with good working class politics? It, it, it's, it's insecure. I say it's like trying to air bomb ballot boxes over Kabul and Afghanistan and expecting democracy to just kind of take up. Although like you have all of these cultural determinants that say like, actually, no, it's not going to work. Like, no, you know, the United States, we had them at the end of World War II. We made um, Japan reiterate the fact that the emperor was not a god because you, if you wanted a, a constitutional republic, some sort of democracy, you needed the emperor to admit that the emperor was just human. We needed to change the religious supposition. All right. So um, you need the culture in all meaningful aspects and all meaningful institutions to uphold your social vision. And if you think you can have your social vision without the cultural upholding it, I don't know what to tell you. I, I just don't think it's true. So like you need the cultural invasive, you need the total war, the total war, the cultural invasive um, uh, invasion of whiteness in order to get a working class politics. And if you, and I don't think you get there by lying to the whites about themselves. Because I know that they're going to betray us in a pinch. We haven't taught them how to do anything else but betray us in a pinch. Like, why do you think that suddenly, like, magically they'll learn not to betray black people in a pinch? That's all they know, and that's all they've been entitled to do. So you're expecting black people to, like, come into this coalition, take this heat, knowing that white people will betray us in a pinch, get betrayed, watch them get in their goodies, get all the goodies they want and be surprised when they compromise us to get those goodies. And, um, and then, I, like, I, don't, I, I just don't know what, like, and then hold their hand when they're sorry about betraying us in ways that we all knew, well, black people knew that they were going to betray us. Like, I, I, it's, it's, it's irresponsible for black people to join in that. So like if the whites were serious about the huge cultural interventions which support them betraying us in a pinch, then like I think black people would come on board. But until that time, it's always like I, I'm very suspicious of white working, like multicultural working class coalitions that pretend that the whites we make through our culture, our American culture aren't trash. We make trash whites. If you want a better politics, we need a cultural invasion that stops making trash whites. Right? And I think you do this through compulsory education because compulsory education is in media. Compulsory education is where you teach people things that they don't want to learn. <laughs> and the white people have a lot of things that they don't want to learn. So I think that needs to be uh, you know, a part 
of it. All right. Thank you for your time. Once again, if you support anything I'm doing, go ahead and go to www.funkyacademic.com and kick in five, fifteen, or fifty dollars a month. I just heard my kids come home and I love my kids. Hey. All right. So um, I will see you Thursday talking about something completely uh, moderately different. <laughs>